Ari Rosen, I'm here with another fun-filled episode of that 401k podcast. This week we're going to talk about bad things uh, you should avoid as a 401k plan provider, common sense, some issues, you know, uh, behaviors that I've really talked about in the past ad nauseum, but uh, in a certainly different way. Um, but of course, first things first, go to that 401k site.com for information on all events and whatnot, doing a, a future... Um, uh, we got that 401k national virtual conference in January. See the emails. You can sign up for free uh, for the short time coming up. And then uh, we will announce a date for that 401k. We don't even have a name yet, but it's a planned sponsor national virtual conference probably in October. That'll be a one-day event as opposed to two days and trying to get some HR credits, uh, accreditation, and all that kind of stuff. So go there for more information. And as bad things as a 401k plan provider, um, you know, there's some people who just, you know, aren't meant to work for other people. And I think that that, that was me. I, I um, When I started out, I think I always wanted to have my own practice. And, you know, uh, it reminds me what uh, David Geffen said about Don Henley and the history of the Eagles, where um, David Geffen just says, you know, Don's a malcontent, you know, uh, David, uh, was his original record label with the Eagles and then they had a falling out with and multiple lawsuits and all that stuff. And yes, I think maybe, yeah, maybe I'm a malcontent. Maybe, um, you know, the situation was, is that, uh, I would never have been happy unless I was on my own because, you know, maybe I'm a know-it-all, uh, and, and that's quite possibly, you know, nobody could run a place like I could. Um, and that, that was the case, but, you know, I, I think if, if I missed anything from, you know, those 12 years, it's probably the camaraderie of some good people. Um, I've met a lot of good coworkers that, uh, you know, I, when I hear somebody, um, you know, working 20 some odd years at a place, uh, I'm amazed by that because, uh, the most I ever worked at a place was, it was close to five years. Uh, the longest place I've ever worked at is where I'm sitting right now for the last 13 years. Um, actually, it'll be 13 years in about a week from the time, less than a week. I think it's April the 8th, maybe, or something like that, or April the 10th, whatever, when I was liberated from uh, Meyer Swazi. But, um, I, 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 I miss the camaraderie of employees, uh, fellow employees, and I had a good, you know, friendship with a lot of people from my time at CBiz and and whatnot, and you know, people like you know John Grace, who John Grace is at Sentinel Benefits now, and he's somebody who I, you know, think the world of. And I invited a few of my former employees at this uh, event that I uh, it was my 50th birthday party, so I had some tickets to the Hyundai Club at City Field. And for those in the New York area, the Hyundai Club is probably one of the best kept secrets of City Field sit in the 113, 115 section, whatever it is. It's kind of a suite without the suite experience. You're with a lot of other people, but there's all this food and whatnot. So last May, um, I invited a whole bunch of people, including John, and and, and, and it was a, it, it was great. And, you know, you I met a lot of great people still to this day, friends on Facebook, and, you know, have an interest with only a handful of employees that uh, I've ever worked at, which I, you know, I just... I wouldn't piss on them if their ass was on fire. I mean, that kind of expression. Because, uh, 
you know, they were a backstabber. They just they throw you under the bus for no apparent reason. I, I I've mentioned I've mentioned them. Uh, one of them I came up with the uh, the uh, title the Norma Principal, and then there was the other uh, law firm administrator who I'm still waiting for him to uh, help me with my practice because he promised uh, that to me when I was at uh, at that uh, semi prestigious law firm back in 2008. But that's just me being catty. Um, I just. You know, it always you know one of my favorite movies of all time is Caddyshack, and uh, one of the funniest things is, is that what what with these movies and, and comedy and drama movies, my favorites are always the ones you know the, my favorite comedies of all time are obviously the ones where I, I was watching it when I was like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, whatever. Obviously, Airplane, Fletch, Caddyshack, Blazing Saddles, all that kind of stuff. And Caddyshack is one of those great movies. I've I've talked it to talked about it ad nauseum. Um, I, you know, uh, I, I actually have a, uh, um, I actually have a Rodney Dangerfield character, uh, you know, uh, uh, costume that I wore, you know, uh, all those times, and obviously Judge L. Hughes Smales, played by Ted Knight, um, Smales, I, you know, Ted Knight's kind of the greatest character in the movie in the sense that he helps carry that movie with that evilness. And it reminded me of a certain managing attorney, even though she was a female, that I worked for. It just couldn't stand me. Um, and, you know, that's why I wear the uh, Al Chervik, Ronnie Dangerfield costume. Because, you know, she just felt like I didn't belong. She just did not like me from day one. So I always talk about Caddyshack. And one of my favorite scenes in Caddyshack, um, I'm still amazed by it, you know, by these employees that were just backstabbers and all that. When you have a choice between being good and being bad... Why not try, choose goodness? And that's what, and that's what Smells asked Danny Noonan when he caught um, Danny with his niece, uh, Lacey Underhall. Uh, and it was great to meet uh, those characters at the signing um, a few years ago. Could get a picture with them because it was, you know, probably mid-COVID, like 2021. But you know. As Just Mel says, what do you stand for? Goodness or badness? And I, again, I'm always amazed by how terrible people can be. And my wife's like, well, you think about it too rationally. It doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense. So why think about it rationally? If you could choose between being good and being bad, always choose being good. I don't know why people choose to be bad, but people do. I don't have narcissism. I have other insecurities, but I'm not a narcissist. I'm not, you know, just trying to chisel and steal from people. And unfortunately, there are a handful of people out there in the retirement plan business that, that do. And, and talking about stealing, um, you know, it's a bad behavior. You know, don't steal. It, it's kind of obvious. You know, it says it all there in the Ten Commandments. You know, Charlton Heston, um, you know, carrying it uh, pretty soon in a movie on ABC. They show it every year. And, uh, you know, I, I personally know two plan providers who are currently sitting in federal prison, Matt Hutchinson, Jeff Ritchie, um, and they stole millions of dollars from retirement plans. And um, I'll give you some advice. Um, when it comes to stealing, if you're a plan fiduciary or, or, you know, have access to money as a TPA, whatnot, know this you have a better chance of putting a pantyhose on your head, going to a local bank, stealing with a purported gun. 
and getting away with it than if you were a plant fiduciary or access to a 401k trust account. And the reason why is because trust statements don't lie. I mean, as, as long as the custody, the custodian is a reputable custodian, it's not, uh, you know, Bernie Madoff, uh, the assets are where the assets are. And you can't really get away with, you know, actual trust statements that show money coming out. So Matt Hutchinson, you know, I I, I was sued as part of that uh, as the plant fiduciary of the, the MEP he didn't steal from. And, you know, his, you know, he got away with it for so long until a certain TPA in Washington State and a certain adopting employer in one of the plans from North Carolina wised up and contacted the Department of Labor. He, you know, he he took plant assets to purchase a ski resort that went belly up in Idaho. And, you know, he claims he's a political prisoner, this, this, and that. The problem with, with Matt, and I, I think he's in a halfway house now, I think he's you know, up in Washington State or whatever it is. But Matt Hutchinson uh, took money and used it, you know, for personal assets. You know, there were, you know, cars and home and all that stuff. So if you want to say you put it into, uh, you know, a uh, uh, hard-to-value asset and it was there, it was illiquid, that's great. You could claim that all you want, but you did use uh plan assets for your own personal benefit. That's stealing. Uh, same thing with Jeff Ritchie. Once you're attached to a plan, you know, again, you write a check to yourself, they're all records for it. Again, you have a better chance of, you know, stealing from a bank. And again, I'm not suggesting that you steal from a bank. I think that's obviously a bad idea. Eventually, you know, uh, the jig is up. You steal money. You're you're you know you're not going to get away with it. So you know I always talk about that. Plant sponsor, family owned a bunch of uh, franchise restaurants. Used money for his own personal uh, you know redecorating the home. Didn't file fifty five hundreds. Department of Labor caught on, and eventually you're caught. So don't steal. Kind of obvious. Next, uh, leaving clients to die. Uh, you know I have. Clients who do call me at, you know, crazy hours, uh, including weekends. I, I serve as the attorney for a school board, uh, and I take calls on Saturdays and Sundays because I don't want to be uh, that guy. The, you know, I'm a solo attorney. The clock never really stops for me. Always trying to build or whatever. Always trying to work in, you know, Saturdays, Fridays, writing articles, and Sundays as well. Um, you know... I have an expression in life, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always there for the client because I have situations in my life uh, where I needed help from someone, they weren't there, and I no longer need them. You know, imagine, you know, your house being flooded uh, during a hurricane and a family, you know, your family uh, living a mile away and not seeing if you're alive or dead. You know, I've heard about that once. You know, as a, as a foreign key plan provider, you do have to, you know, if you're working with small, medium-sized businesses, you do have to hold the hand of your client, whether you like it or not. Um, again, you, you're handling larger plans. You might be dealing with somebody who's an HR expert or a certified employee benefit specialist or whatnot. So uh, you need to be clear when, when it comes to handholding. You need to be clear on what information, you know, the plan sponsor has to provide. You know, if you're asking who the key employee is tell the plan sponsor what a key employee is. Not somebody who's key, but somebody who is a key employee for purposes of a top-heavy test. That will make sure that the um, 
census information request is done correctly. Um, you know, they teach in the military that you don't leave a fellow soldier behind. A good plan provider isn't going to leave a client behind. Speaking badly about other providers behind their back. That's not something I'm a big fan of. Uh, you know, I, I, I certainly know some bad plan providers. I'm not going to speak by, badly behind their back. If I don't think the ADP and Paychex do a good job as 401k TPA, I'm going to say it. I'm not going to say bad things about people I work with. So if I work with a TPA and I refer them clients, I'm not going to complain about them to somebody else. And there are those that, you know, rip off clients. And I don't mention their names. Um, you know, and there's that Southeastern TPA that changes their name every six months to avoid paying their bills. I'm not going to mention their name. Uh, and it reminds me of an old Al Franken bit when Gene Dominion got fired from Senate Live and uh, Dick Ebersole took over. It brought in Al Franken. And Al Franken says, I'm not going to speak badly about whatever because then you'll think badly about me. So if I speak badly about the Southeastern TPA that you know, rips off other plan providers or the New Jersey TPA that you know, uh, punishes people that terminate their service, if I mention their names, speak badly about them, it's just going to reflect poorly on me. Um, my wife and I, we, we still to this day, until we move, uh, we have a neighbor a couple doors down. Uh, she was a sorority sister of my wife. Uh, we were close at the time. And um, I was amazed at how badly this neighbor talked about her friends, like closer friends than we were. And I figured that if she was talking badly about, uh, about, about them, uh, if she was talking badly about them, she was certainly probably talking badly about us. Um, and again... Um, I just think it's 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 just poor. Uh, I think it's just poor manners just to speak badly about other plan providers, even though they're crap. And, and sometimes I do it, and I really should stop. I don't do it as often uh, as I think I do. But you know, years ago um, when I was at Gilla Group, um, I was you know again being a malcontent. I interviewed for a ladder position at a Long Island TPA. And our new sales guy was somebody who worked at that Long Island TPA. And this Long Island TPA got bought out by one of the weirdest situations. They were bought out by a company that provided TPA software. Uh, you may remember them. They went belly up and they, uh, they were the official TPA of the San Francisco 49ers. But anyway... The guy who was running the company in Long Island for this TPA software company took part of my interview just to attack and make fun of my, you know, new sales guy. And I, you know, really hadn't made my judgment about whether I liked the sales guy or not. But I just thought it was crass. And I, I thought it was, you know, I, I, I just think it was just poor, you know, Manners, but that's just me. Next, obviously, bad behavior, taking your firing personally. Um, you know, I always use that Davy Johnson line when somebody called him up when he was manager of the Mets. Davy, you hired to be fired? And that's the truth. You are hired to be fired. One way or another, any relationship as a plant provider is going to end at a certain point. You might die. They might die. They might uh, get bought out. 
the people that hired you got replaced. Um, it happens. Uh, there are many reasons you can get fired, and there are certain situations where it was nothing you did wrong. Um, and I've been in that situation before. And uh, aside from that time, I got canned by uh, that certain semi-prestigious law firm. I didn't take it personally. That that I took personally. And to this day, I'll joke about it. Probably the best thing that ever happened to me. But uh, yet there are certain per, per plan providers, especially TPAs, that kind of take that termination personally. Um, I don't... I, we, we will, I will fight this with tooth and nail with a lot of TPAs about this, but... I think that uh, the retirement plan industry, the TPA industry, it's the only industry where you get fired and you have the right to assess a fee. So I get fired as an attorney. I hand over whatever files has been requested of me. Uh, I don't put a bill and say this is money for termination services. Um, but TPAs still feel that they're entitled to these fees and until plan sponsors fight back against it, I think that's going to be the norm. Or the Department of Labor fights back about it. Again, only business I know where you're assessed a fee uh, for termination. And I'm not talking about when you're doctor, you get rid of it, you get a new doctor and there's like a, a charge for your medical records to, you know, copy. I mean, that's an expense and all that stuff. But uh, I, I don't like, I don't like deconversion fees. I don't like termination fees. Um, I don't, you know, I know it's work, but it's part of the business. You're hired to be fired. And, you know, my biggest problem with termination costs, it's never specified in the agreement. Um, I, I've, I've rarely seen it. And I'd love to, you know, I'd love for clients to get, like, you know, kind of an estimate of what that termination fee is because I've seen it firsthand as an employee of a TPA and as a plan sponsor where TPAs, you know, use that as punishment. So I work for a TPA, producing TPA, and the guy in charge, who I probably, the one guy, the one boss I just never liked, and I think he's worse than Lois, um, you know, he would determine the termination fee based on the relationship that the advisor had to us. So if an advisor had five plans on the books, client terminates us, they're going to pay less of a fee than uh, a client that had an advisor who only had that plan with, with us. So, uh, you know, as a plan sponsor, I saw it when, you know, certain New Jersey and Florida based TPA uh, wanted to charge my plan valuation and form 5,500 costs that I paid for for annual administration. And the TPA is like, well, you know, uh, you fired you fired us, and that work's being done in July 2021. But I said I paid you for it for 2020, regardless of when it's done. So they tried to stick us up for eighty thousand dollars, and two years later, still trying to have the Department of Labor all figured out. Um, I know an industry leader, uh, probably the most well-known kind of 401k politician out there. I mean, he operates like a 401k politician. He's like a spokesperson and, and, a, and a politician. He said to me once during this time that most billing disputes with a TPA arises from the provider's termination. You know, it's like the real world, you know, the, the, that slogan, you know, it, it's all fun and games until you have disputes and then it's the real world. Um, again, I, I think plan providers should take it personally. 
this guy who was running this New Jersey TPA was was, was a narcissist, and I was kind of having fun with him, um, just like you know, just hitting on his insecurities uh, to the point where he claimed he was filing a complaint against me with the New York State Attorney Grievance Committee. He cc'd me. I was laughable. And it's two years later, uh, the attorney's grievance committee either never received it or they laughed it out because it was like, I don't know what he, I don't know what attorney uh, disciplinary, you know, uh, policies he, he, he violated, but, you know, kind of like my feelings are hurt and he's saying very, very bad things about me. Um, you know, um, so that, that's, uh, that's what's going on and. Um, you know, getting fired stings and, you know, again, like I said, it's not personal, it's business. Um, there are times it's personal, but it's, it's very, very rare. Not, uh, and last but not least, I, I think a bad behavior is not fouling employees. You know, my wife, I adore her, but when I left my Swazi to start my own practice, I don't think she really understood what I was going through, probably because I kept it from her. <laughs> the, the, the grief that I had from work. Um, and I just, I had enough. Uh, I knew like a month or two before uh, I was going to leave, you know, that law firm that I, I, I had enough. I couldn't work for anybody anymore. I couldn't work for somebody like her, Lois. I, I just couldn't. I knew she was going to kill the firm. Um, didn't value what I did. Didn't understand what I was trying to do to generate business for the firm. And, it was just a, a no-win situation, and um, my wife didn't understand that. She's like, uh, she 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 always believes she wants to work for somebody else. She doesn't want to work on her own. That, that's fine, and but she didn't understand what I was going through until she started working for law firms. She were she used to work for the city of New York and the state of New York before that, and governmental employers are obviously different than employers that have to pay the rent. And like I said, you know. Perhaps I'm a mal malcontent, and there was never going to be an employer who was going to make me happy. But I, I don't think I ever was treated well by any employer except for Harvey Berman, who was my first boss. And you, I could complain about Harvey. That, you know, I think that Harvey was a good man who was involved, partners with, you know, one wrong person. Uh, he didn't see it. I saw it. But Harvey was a nice guy. Only guy who ever gave me a bonus, which was only one time, three hundred dollars after uh, I started for work for him for you know three months earlier. But what I liked about Harvey is he let me do my thing. Um, he gave me raises even when I asked for them, and uh, you know he was a good man. Um, every good man has its limitations, um, but uh, I never worked for you know a person like that ever again. Uh, and he was, you know, when I was leaving, he says, you know, nobody will treat you as good as I did. And, you know, when you're young, you just take that as bravado. That's his, you know, he's pissed off that I'm leaving early because I didn't stay with the ship until it sunk. But in the end, he was right. And, um, you know, uh, when you're working for somebody and all you could do is think about the next job, I mean, that's a problem. You know, when you're starting, you know, I, I, I went to a union law firm after Geller and within months, I, I think I knew I made a mistake. I didn't want to work till 1 a.m. 
to take the train back only to come back to New York City at 6 a.m. Um, it was it was challenging and, and um, you know now I have pretty good hours. Uh, I mean I work all the time, uh, never time off, but you know now I go to sleep around 10:30 because I'm old. Can't do what I used to do when I was working till one two in the morning. Um, I think treating employees is a bad idea for so many reasons. It's costly to find and train new employees. And uh, a revolving door employees doesn't really give assurances to your plan sponsor clients. Um, I think it's unsettling to a client if their plan contact changes every six months. So I'm of the belief that uh, not filing employees is just a big mistake. It's hard to find good employees. I certainly saw it in the TPA world. Not everybody has good training. I've seen people with 20 years experience that were awful because they had poor training at the beginning and never got any better. So to find good employees, uh, treat them a little bit well. You know, don't chisel them on benefits. Don't chisel them on 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 um, raises. You know, I only heard how bad of an employee I was every annual review. <laughs> you know, I was great. I was fantastic until my annual review, and you would think that the, the way they were acting, they should have fired me. But that was their, you know, uh, that was narcissism at work, gaslighting you and trying to demean you and pick you apart in order to justify only giving you five when you were hoping for a $10,000 raise. But uh, again, that's another bad behavior that I don't think people consider. And uh, that really concludes this episode of that 4K podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode. So please tune in. And of course, go to that 4 site.com for further information. Thanks. Bye.